0: For this is what John's gospel says happened. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb, so she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. no doubt began with the feeling of quiet, soon became full of energy. Refresh us with the energy of that first Easter morning. Speak to us in such a way, O God, that we might walk out into the world different than those who walked in. May we never be the same. Amen. I don't know if you noticed it, but everyone in the story we just read is running, Mary Magdalene's running. The disciples are running. When she gets to the tomb and realizes that the stone had been rolled away, she runs all the way back to tell the disciples what she had seen. And what happens? Peter and the one they've called the beloved disciple, we can assume it's John, immediately jump up and they begin what looks to be like a 12-year-old school kid race to see who can get to the tomb first almost climbing over one another to get to the tomb first. And it it feels like that. It feels like one big race. You can almost hear the announcer shouting out, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to what has become the highly anticipated annual Race to the Tomb event. In this corner, we have Peter the Rock And in that corner we have John the Beloved. Who's going to make it to the tomb first this year? Let's find out as they enter the starting gates. And they're off. And it's John the the Beloved out first. He's out with a surge. But Peter the Rock's right behind him trailing by a nose. But John the Beloved is a huge surge. He's out by a yard. He's out by a mile. He's way ahead. He's reached the tomb first. He's there. But wait he's not going in. He has to go in to finish the race. It's not over. Why is he not going in? And here comes comes Peter the rock right around him and goes in the tomb first. It's Peter the rock takes first place. That's what it feels like to read the story of Easter from the gospel of John. Didn't expect that. I just had to catch my breath. <laughs> John's the only gospel that does that. It's the only one. Oh, the other, the other ones don't, but, but Luke at least has Peter running to the tomb, but Peter's all by himself. How much fun is that? Matthew and Mark don't even bother to have the disciples show up at the tomb at all. Just John. Why this huge, energetic story? Why, why all the running and why Peter? I mean, we can understand maybe why the beloved disciple, assuming that's John, we always assume that's John, beloved disciple, the one that Jesus loved the most, because, you know, the author wrote in the tradition of John's, the disciples. So, of course, that one's going to be there, duh. But, But why Peter? I mean, the last we heard from Peter, two chapters before, he denied Jesus three times after saying he wouldn't. He didn't show up at the foot of the cross during the crucifixion scene. And the first chance he got, he starts running away. So the last we've heard of him, Peter is running away from Jesus. So why now, all of a sudden, is he running towards Jesus? Why is that? Well, professor up in Tulsa has a couple of suggestions. One might be out of jealousy, He may simply be trying to prove that he's just as faithful as the beloved disciple. It might be that he's curious. Maybe he's just curious. After all, Peter was with the other disciples when Jesus raised Lazarus from the the dead. So, maybe it's possible that that same thing happened here, he's curious. Maybe he's guilty, feels guilt, wrought with such guilt that he'll take any chance he can find to try and make what he's done better. Whatever it is, Peter has his reasons, and we have our reasons too. Oh, yes, we too find ourselves running to the tomb on Easter morning. More than any other Sunday in every church across the globe, Easter Sunday packs them in. Here we are, running to the tomb, running to find out, to hear the story we've all heard before, many of us every single year if not more. We know the end. That's what's interesting about it. I mean, unlike them, didn't know the end yet. We do. We know what's going to happen. And yet, we still run. Run right in here on Easter morning. Why do we do that? Well, maybe we run in here on Easter morning because we want to just, you know, make sure that the ending has not been changed. You know, that some high-up church guru somewhere hasn't just decided, well, it was a fine ending for a while, but we need something fresh. Maybe you're just in here, you know, to make sure you don't mess up my good ending. We love a good ending. Or maybe, maybe we just need, need to hear it again. Maybe we just need to hear it one more time. Maybe we can't hear it enough. To hear that God has in fact turned death on its heels. To hear one more time that God has taken the one thing we fear the most and turned it into the thing that gives us the most hope. Maybe that's why we're here. I'm sure that's part of it. In fact, I know that's part of it. But I also think there's another reason, a bigger reason that draws us to church on Easter morning more than any other morning that causes us to run to the tomb like they did so many years ago. And the reason that I'm thinking of can be found in the story itself. After Peter and John race each other to the tomb and finally both of them go in, the scene ends with this one line. As of yet, it says, they did not understand that Jesus had to rise from the dead. As of yet, they did not understand. If there's anything in life that grabs hold of us and makes us want to find out more, it's when we don't understand. More than simple curiosity, more than deep wrought guilt more even than the desire to make sure that they looked like faithful disciples I think the thing that caused Peter and John to jump up and run to the tomb was the sheer mystery of it the same mystery that captivates us to this day the notion that God has done something that by all other accounts is un doable How could this be we keep asking How could that be? Maybe if I run to the tomb again this Easter morning, I'll gain a a glimmer of understanding. Maybe just a little more understanding. Maybe I'll get it just a little more if I run to the tomb again this year. Maybe I'll understand because how could this be? How could this be possible? It brings us into this place every single year. Simply put, we run to the tomb on Easter. We run to the church on Easter because on this day, in this place, in these very moments, we know that we will experience the mystery of the power of God. That's what Easter is all about. I want you to do something for me. It's something that a pastor in Atlanta asked uh, her congregation to do a number of years ago on Easter morning. I want you to take your hand and put two or three fingers together. Go ahead. And then I want you to, just beside your windpipe, you know, halfway down your neck, I want you to press in. I want to sit here for just a minute as you do that. Feel that? You ever sit there and wonder what it is that creates your pulse? You ever sit there and wonder what it is that causes your heart to keep beating? It's life. It's what Easter's all about. It's not about some promise that we're going to get candy and chocolate bunnies, although I got mine. Did y'all get yours? I got mine. It's mine. <laughs> it's not about a promise that your business or your family or the world or even the church will be what it once was. No, Easter, Easter is about the promise that the power that gave you that pulse is never going away. Long after your pulse ends, that power will still be there. It's what Easter's about. We run to the tomb on Easter. Easter be reminded of the power of God, the mystery of God. Here we are. But do something for me. Don't stop here because the Easter message didn't stop once the disciples reached the entrance to the tomb. It didn't end there. It didn't stop there. Just like them, we know that the race goes on. In fact, just like them, we are called to turn around and run right back out of the tomb into the world. Yes, to run back out into the world, to re-enter our lives with this good News To do that, to enter the world that is a messy, troubled, seemingly hopeless kind of place where the headlines never seem to change, where the division never seems to improve, to get up and go back out there, to keep running. Because if the tomb really is empty, if Christ really is alive, then he's out there running around, still trying to pull this world together, still trying to bring good news to it, still saving it. So don't just sit here. Get up. And go back out into the world. Don't just live your life running to the tomb. Live it with the possibility, the belief, the faith that you can run out of the tomb. For Christ is alive. Keep running. Amen.